Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, Season 6, Episode 46. In today's episode, I will read the next part of Sam's story and just catch up with what's going on on my day-to-day life. I am trying to figure out how to word what is happening in my brain because it has been very challenging the last few weeks to wrap my mind around the human existence. And I don't know (laughs) if this is going to make sense to anybody, if it's going to be off-putting, I don't really know, but whatever, I guess I'll just say all the things are in my head, but we went to um, celebrate my in-laws 40th wedding anniversary and we ended up going to Disneyland, which I have to be really honest, I feel like a big hypocrite because I've been sitting here talking about what's going on in Gaza and like all the things that are going on in the world and how upset it's, how upsetting it is. And then there I am, you know, like having a good old grand time at Disneyland, which I've had my beef with the last few years. And so I I had this huge realization that in the next, I don't know, for the rest of my lifetime, I guess, we're going to be grappling with these sort of scenarios a lot more, especially if you live here in, you know, in the West and you're like, not really aware of what's going on in the world or just kind of living your life and um I guess there's gonna be a lot more moments like this for people where you're gonna stand there and realize that everything that you thought was true is not necessarily true and for me that's been the idea of you know the American dream when I moved to this country it really was like I'm gonna go to college and my family's gonna be so happy and everything's gonna work out and I I mean I was a little kid you know like I thought we'd move here and all the problems were gonna go away and my parents were finally gonna be happy and they'd take me to Disneyland eventually because that was the big thing like we're gonna move to the United States and you're gonna go to Disneyland and I remember going there for the first time when I was, I think, 12 years old and just feeling the sense of magic and like I believed in it. That like <laughs> I believed in so many different things. And now that I'm, you know, a grown adult, I'm realizing that the things I believed in were or have been just a facade, just like something that has no f- real foundation. And there's been this huge sense of disillusionment for me, you know, where I I realized that things are not quite what they seemed and I'm really disappointed by it. And so I think about that a lot. And I was standing there at Disneyland. I, you know, obviously like my kids are happy. We're having a good time. I I'm trying to just remember that two things can be true at once. And like I don't have to <laughs> make it a huge thing for everybody like I don't I don't have to say I don't believe it any of this you guys all suck like of course I'm not gonna do that but like at the same time the magic was not there you know like it was there but it wasn't there and I don't know how else to describe it and I all I could think about was 
I was walking around seeing all these kids who seemed happy, who, you know, are having a good old time. And I just couldn't help but think how unfair it is that just based where you are born, like the life that you end up having. And why is it that all these families are losing their children? They're losing their loved ones. And there's these families here in in this country who are like just having a good old time. You know, they don't mind spending $7 on a pretzel. And where do those $7 go? They go to some CEO somewhere, you know, like what does the company actually fund? And what I'm going on a huge tangent and that's okay. Um, I guess I am just grappling with the realization of how complicit we are and all the horrible things that happen in this world and how challenging it is to just simply say, like, I no longer want to be a part of that. Because if I had done that (laughs) in this scenario, like, I would have been a major, insert bad word, you know, like, it's so hard and I don't know how to continue living the life that I've lived for the last 36 years without causing a major disruption you know like I what was my alternative to say like I'm not participating in the celebration you know like my in-laws wanted to do this and I love them so much and I didn't want to be the one that caused the big scene and I was like I'm not going you know what I mean like it just but in my heart of hearts I something just doesn't feel right anymore. And then I just feel like a huge hypocrite because <laughs> I'm going against what I actually want to go. And same thing, like when I order off of Amazon, I mean, there's all these parts of my life that I just, they're incongruent with what I actually believe and actually want to do. But because out of convenience and out of not wanting to rock the boat and wanting to be perceived a certain way. Like I just continue to do certain things. And so I'm grappling with that realization, right? Like, did I have a good time at Disneyland? Of course I did. Did I enjoy seeing my children feeling happy? Of course I did. But did I think the whole time of how stupid this whole thing is? Of course I did. Like, And did I come home and like feel bad about it? Yes, of course I did. Like, I'm just saying all this out loud because I feel like we go on about our lives and we have these feelings about things and we don't ever talk about them. And I think in particular our generation, like we are starting to raise these kids up who they're not going to deal with this BS. Like they're going to realize how messed up everything is and how we didn't do anything about it. And I just... Like I had a conversation with my nine-year-old before we left and explained to them, like, I don't really fully believe in this, but we're going to do it in this way. And I'm figuring things out, but this is where I draw the line. Like we're not buying any souvenirs. We're not spending any more money than we actually need to other than for food. Like don't ask me for a balloon. Like we're not going to do those things because I don't want to give my any more of my money to this company. You know, like that's kind of how I'm navigating this. And I explained to them, like, it is not on you to like not have fun. Like you are allowed to have fun. You are allowed to like be a kid. Like that's totally fair. Like I'm not saying you can't do those things, but I want you to know that like 
we are trying to figure this stuff out as adults. And when we say no to you because you want to buy like a $50 toy that you're not going to use for longer than a day or two, like there are reasons behind that other than like we're saying no. Like there's a reason behind our behavior and it goes a lot deeper than we realize. And so I think maybe I went a little too far because they were like, okay, we can't buy anything. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I, because they are so like, they saw, they saw the importance of it and they just wanted to go for it. You know what I mean? And so I think our generation is grappling with this idea of like, what was done in the past is no longer what needs to happen and we need to change that. But we're not there yet. Like our kids are like, our kids are ready to like break down the barriers of um, gender identity and, you know, just valuing human lives and just understanding how simple things can be and how complicated we've made it. And so we're kind of in the middle of that. Like we see what previous generations have done. We're like, oh, well, that kind of sort of worked. But then we see how shitty it is. And we're like that we no longer want to do that. But we're sort of just stuck in the middle trying to figure things out as we're raising children. So I don't know. It's been a lot of just reflection and thinking of what life could possibly look at where we don't go to Disneyland to support a huge corporation that um, doesn't align with the values that I really believe in and how weird that's going to make me look and how weird that's going to make me feel in my own family and how maybe that's going to be okay. You know, what other possibilities are out there besides Disneyland? I don't know. I don't that was my big American dream, you know, like that was it, going to college, you know, finding a good job. Um, that was the big selling point that I had for my life. And now I'm realizing like, that's not really that great of a selling point, you know, like college is not the end all be all of life. And oh, this is hard. Um, I also feel like I'm maybe going a little bit crazy here because I'm going on about my day and I go to a job and no one is talking about any of this. And so I'm like, is it, did I make it all up in my head? I don't know. Um, I mean, same way I feel about education. It, it's been a huge disillusionment of, I. this is like the greatest thing. I'm going to work with kids. We're going to change the world. Like this is it. And then realizing you're stuck in a system that doesn't actually value children or their development or what's best for them. All You know, like it's all part of this bigger system. And you're like, well, that's a bunch of BS. How do we change it? And realizing you can't change the system with just one person from within. Like it has to be this huge disruption. And <sighs> am I ready to handle that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so as I think about all of these things, um, I'm not trying to like bring the energy down or whatever, but I'm trying to bring a little bit of reality into my life of, I can't just live this creative life with all the positive parts of it, right? Like it's not just about the light. It's not just about the positivity. It's not just about all the great and wonderful things. There's a balance to it. And that's what the darkness shows. Like that's what the darkness brings out. And I think, that's really what I've been doing with my characters this entire year is like we go in and before we can really kind of see the love and compassion that Isabel can have for these characters, there's a moment where it's like everything breaks down. And I think we're in that moment now as a society where everything's going to start to break down even more. And 
we have to hold on to the idea that within all of the darkness that exists in humanity, like there's also the light to balance it out, but we have to acknowledge the darkness. There's no other way around it. And that's hard. And that's going to take a lot of people acknowledging the negative, quote unquote negative, because I don't really see as anything as negative or positive, but like all those dark part of ourselves, the things that we haven't said out loud, the things we haven't acknowledged, like we're going to have to do those things. And ooh, that's going to be really hard. Um, but that's part of the creative life too, right? Like I, I'm here to show you what that looks like for somebody who is just doing the, I have to sneeze. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's gone. I hate it when I do that. Um, someone that's just trying to live like the average life, I guess. And like, how does it look like to do that as a mother, as a teacher, as a life coach, as a writer, as a creative person, as a human being, what, what does that look like? And for me to show you that a little bit and then for you to take it into your own life and apply it in that way. Um, you may be the biggest Disneyland fan in the whole wide world. And that's awesome. Like that's, you do what you need to do, but take into account like there's a balance here of light and dark and for all of us to have this huge positive experience there's a balancing act that has to happen where there's people out there having a really negative experience and how do we actually feel about that you know what do we actually want to do about that um so as i say all that um yeah I, i've just been sort of processing all of that and figuring that out and i got up early on Saturday morning to do my writing and it just, it's coming. It's coming along. I have, I think I'm going to do one more part of Sam. This one's going to have five parts and then I'm going to do the next final chapter of this whole journey. And, <laughs> oh, I'm like so nervous to do it, but I, I have to, I, I can't end it any other way. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed my rant about this. And that you understand that things are shifting and it's not going to be the same old way anymore. And if you know me personally, like that's going to look a little bit different and I'm going to have to say no to things. And I had to tell my, my mom that I'm not celebrating um, Thanksgiving this year. Um, even if she orders Mexican food instead of doing the turkey, like I just don't want any part of that. I don't want to celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't. For what? What are we celebrating? I, I'm going to go on a whole nother rant if I start there. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed my rant. And here is Sam part four. Um, all right. No, it's your fault. I heard T-Rex mom shout so loudly that the wall shook. Sam, Sam stretched out his legs and let out a big yawn. I followed his lead and felt the soft sheets glide along my legs. Rubbing my eyes, I asked, what is going on? Crash! Uh-oh, Sam said calmly. Maybe it's time we wake up. I put my hair in a bun and continued rubbing my eyes. I hadn't rested like that in quite a while. Not knowing what time it was, I had no idea how long we had fallen asleep for. We continued to hear screaming and crashing of things. To be honest, I didn't really want to go out there. I was so cozy on the bed and feeling Sam's warmth had made me feel so safe. Isabel, he looked right at me. I know it'd be much easier for us to stay in here and ignore whatever it is that going on out there he squinted his little eyes but i know that if we show up together we can figure out what is going on and work through it together you know you are never really alone right 
It shocked me to hear that. I wasn't feeling lonely necessarily, but I was starting to feel tired of helping all of these characters. It was as if my body was telling me that I needed help. I hadn't realized that it would come in the form of a cute little puppy. Yes, I know that, Sam, I responded quickly. I just have no idea what's going on out there, but it sounds like it's just going to be a lot of work, and I'm tired. He came closer to my chest, putting his head near my armpit. I could instantly feel my blood pressure leveling out, and the stress hormones began to go away. I patted his head. I got up on my feet and put on my socks. Something about walking around barefoot made me uncomfortable when I was in my own home. Then Sam began jumping around on the bed, digging into the sheets and rolling around. I love this bed. It's so cozy and fluffy and exciting. He was giggling to himself like a little kid. Oh, Sam, come on. We got to go figure out what's happening out there. I said as I played with him, by scratching on the sheet so he would try to catch my hand. Slowly, I opened the door and peeked out into the hallway. I couldn't believe it. There were frames, potted plants, decorations, all thrown around the entire house. T-Rex mom had the couch lifted up towards the ceiling. Cornelius was standing on top of it, screaming at the top of his lungs. Bah! Bah! He shouted over and over again. This is lame! T-Rex mom had fire coming out of her mouth, which made all the other characters run away from her. Gus was hiding in the corner under a blanket, chewing on a stick to calm his nerves. Alistair had his body turned away from everybody else. With his head held up high, he was saying, This is ridiculous. None of you know how to behave in this farm. I couldn't find Allie anywhere. Where had she gone? Before I could even try to figure anything out, Mabel Manolo flew right in front of me, not even noticing me. No, Manolo, I already told you. Mabel was shouting at him. I don't care how much you help around the house. It's not even about that. She flew away from him. Then what is it about, Mabel? You always talk in circles and never quite get to the point. I had never heard him get so mad. That's right, Agar jumped in. You always expect him to figure out what you're thinking, Mabel. He's not a mind reader, you know. What? Ooh, that made her even more mad. What? So now you two are like buddy-buddy and teaming up against me? Is that it? Well, isn't that clever? She continued to fly away from them and stop every few seconds to argue with both of them. I looked at Sam and he looked so amused by this whole scene. What were we supposed to do? This was mad chaos. Shiloh was standing in the middle of the room. Their light was turning on and off. They sort of looked like the alarm of a fire truck, alerting everybody that something wasn't right. Their little eyes were closed, and they just kept telling themselves, it's all going to be all right. It's all going to be all right. I began to take note of all the characters. I hadn't located Pablo, Sally, or Amelia. I looked around, but there was so much movement around me that it was hard to actually see anything. Take a deep breath. Sam was standing right next to me. I hadn't realized I was holding my breath in. Closing my eyes, I felt Sam's presence right next to me. I slowed the way my body was taking in the information. Isolating each sound, I tried to hear for what was being unsaid. T-Rex's mom, T-Rex mom's anger was always about something deeper than what appeared on the surface level. I'm not sure that the other characters knew that. Alistair's inability to follow along also stemmed from something deeper. I don't think any of the characters understand, understood how much depth there is to their behaviors. Slowly, I began to feel more curious about why they were in this big wrestling match. Just as I was thinking that, I opened my eyes to find Amelia trying to tackle Pablo. She charged at him from the opposite side of the room with all of her strength. She was growling and hissing as she ran towards him. His feathers spread out as far as they could. You would think that seeing his feathers fan out like that would alert her that he was, he was scary, but she didn't care. Whatever he had said had made her so upset that she was working hard to make it right. Then I saw Sally. There she was, hanging from the curtain rod, blending in with the brown curtains. She was frozen still, not even looking around. 
She must have felt safer completely freezing during this fight. I quickly walked over to her and offered her my arms. She looked sweetly at me and said, what is going on? Sam and I replied at the same time, I have no idea. As she cradled my back, I moved carefully between the fights to stand in the middle of it all. Sam, standing right next to me, put his paw on my leg and said, Don't worry, Isabel. I'll get their attention. Out of nowhere, he pulled out a sound bowl. He struck it with a wooden mallet. The sensation of the sound traveling through the air made my whole body shiver. Ding! 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 He struck it three times, gently and lovingly. Not only was the sound very healing, but watching a puppy with a mallet in his mouth made it so much better. Sally's body was returning to normal. I could tell because she wasn't clinging on as tightly to me. I looked at Sam and realized that he had his eyes closed. He took a deep breath in, and for some reason my entire body started to feel incredibly calm and centered. I realized that in that moment, that this is what love can do for us. That kind of deep love can hold us gently and softly. This feeling trickled down to the other characters. Slowly, one by one, they allowed themselves to snap out of their dysregulated states. T-Rex's mom put the couch down carefully. She then picked up Cornelius and carried him like a little baby. He snuggled up to her and allowed her to scratch underneath his chin. Mabel and Manolo looked deeply into each other's eyes, not sure how to apologize to each other. Agar stood in front of both of them and simply gathered both of them with his arms and hugged them tightly. They both blushed, making their peach-colored faces even brighter. Gus came out of hiding and scurried out to join the rest of the characters who were beginning to gather in a circle around Sam. Pablo put his feathers down and Amelia realized she was standing on her hind legs ready to attack. They both looked around and then at each other. They joined everyone else. Shiloh had a low glow to them, but it was now constant. With each ding of the sound bowl, it began to get brighter and brighter. They then realized that Alistair refused to join the circle. I smiled at the fact that Alistair was going to give the rest of us a hard time. Of course he was going to be stubborn about this. He looked back at us and then lifted his head higher and away from us, as if letting us know that he was still mad. Shiloh noticed this and slowly made their way towards him. They stood on his back and allowed their glow to calm him. You could see Alistair being showered with the same yellow tingles that Sam had released earlier. Cool, I said quietly. Then slowly but surely, Alistair turned himself around and made his way to the circle. We were all standing in a circle in the middle of the mess they had made. Thank you, Sam said softly. I want you all to look around. They all did. Shame and guilt began to wash over their faces. Regret and embarrassment followed. Look at the mess you have all made. My heart sank for them. I knew they didn't really mean to. I want you to take a really good look at it. And I want you to know that you are still loved, regardless of the ridiculous fight you all had. Isabel and I still feel so much love for you. That will never go away. I imagined that's how Sam's family all had always felt around him. They probably felt that presence of love, regardless of what was happening in their lives or how much they messed up. What a beautiful gift that was. All of the characters had tears in their eyes. They couldn't believe that even after acting like wild maniacs, love was still on the table. Now bring it in, all of you, Sam said, sitting on his back legs with his front legs spread out for a hug. And for at least 20 seconds, we all stood there in the biggest family hug I've ever been a part of. I knew it lasted that long because research suggests that this is how long a hug needs to be in order for the oxytocin to be released. The connection we all felt between each other got stronger and stronger with each passing second. Oh, good, you're all here, Allie said as she walked through the door. Oh, my goodness what the heck happened to my house she said in shock don't worry about that just yet sam said from the middle of the hug pile and join us for this incredible hug we'll get to the mess in a minute 
Without a question, Allie joined us and we could all feel the yellow tingles from Sam being passed down. It was the same feeling as taking that cozy nap in the softest of sheets. The mess could wait just a little longer. All right, so I will leave you with that this week. The mess could wait just a little longer. Um, and I'll explain a little bit more of the whole fight and maybe where that stemmed from and how what's going to happen, where did Allie go, and, you know, what are they going to do next as the big unit of characters that are gathering together. So I hope you have a great week, and I will talk to you later. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Plata Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or just share it with a friend. I would greatly appreciate it. Bye.